Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church Podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. As uh, Pastor Devin mentioned, um, we're kicking off a series for the next three weeks called What in the World is Going On? Uh, a friend of mine texted me the other night and he said, what, what's going on? What in the world's going on? I'm like, well, I don't know. What's happening? He's like, no, the, the message on Sunday. I'm like, oh, yeah. He said, you're going to tell us what's going on. I said, I'll let you know as soon as I figure it out. I'll, I'll let you know. But um, um, we don't always just respond to everything going on in the world for to take time in a Sunday morning, but we especially felt like uh, we needed to just um, discern for you and proclaim for you and to you uh, what what we believe God is is up to and what in the world's going on. So, welcome for the next three weeks to what in the world is going on. Look at someone and say this ought to be good. <laughs> this ought to be good. <clears throat> this will be good. Amen. 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 Uh, we are, <laughs> I'm at a loss. Did you see that? I went blank. Uh, anyway, we are actually wanting to encourage hope and faith too through this. And I'm so excited about this because every week I get to ask him three big questions. And these three biggest questions will change each week, but I have the first one. Is it okay if I go ahead and start and ask you? Are you ready? Yeah, but let me, let me insert something here. You insert. <laughs> you know, we all have our own opinions and beliefs and thoughts and perspectives and feelings and the thing that we need to be very aware that we don't do is let those lead the way because right. we have to discern truth that's right and we have to um, hang on to the opinion of God over our own opinion somebody amen. say amen yes okay amen. three big questions Absolutely. and then we'll, we'll teach a little bit this morning all right three big questions number one I know that people have said to you they don't know they don't want to come to church and hear about politics. How would you respond to those comments? So people have said to me, I've gotten emails that they don't want to come to church and hear uh, about politics. And I would say that I understand that. And I agree 100% with you. But there was a season we didn't have to talk about those things, but that season has left. We're in a season now where I do believe that the church has to um, talk about these things. We have to reveal the truth behind these things. And so the, the hour in the day to say that politics didn't have to be talked about in church, I do believe that season is over. Because right now, it's not a difference between Democrat and Republican. It is an absolute difference between truth and evil right. and darkness and light. And right. you all need to know what the truth is. Right. So. Yeah, that's an excellent answer. Also, the fact that anytime our freedom like that is uh, at stake, we have to make sure that we uh, stand on the truth. Okay, number two. Obviously, everyone should have very everyone has very strong political opinions, no matter what party they embrace. Like you said a minute ago, but I think that we can all agree that our politicians have made a bit of a mess of things. What do you think is happening in our government? You know, as a believer, um, you have three enemies, the devil, your flesh, and politicians. I'm joking. It's your... We're like, amen. No, it's... 
It's the devil, it's the flesh, and it's the world system. Right. The Bible is very clear about that. Um, so the, the, the question is, what was the question? What do you there's think? There's a mess of what, things. No, what, there's a mess in things. Mm. So what do you think, not, regardless of what party we embrace, mm. uh, what political What's party we on? embrace, uh, what do you think is happening like in our government? Yeah, so I, I, I see two extremes, and then I see what's real, uh, what's truth. We have one extreme, which is a very liberal movement over here on this side to totally deceive you and control you. And we have a, another side of conspiracy thinking over here. And the problem with those two things is both of them breed fear. And he doesn't give you that spirit. The Bible's clear about that. The truth is right there in the middle, staring us in the face. Yes. In the face. Um, I do believe what has happened, what we're seeing happen was last fall, um, there was a fraudulent election. And because of that, there's illegitimate authority in the highest position in our country. And we are watching our borders being opened. We are watching a mess in Afghanistan. We are watching a mess with a pandemic because we don't have a leader. And that's not a political statement. The Bible is very clear that it says God is the one who delegates authority. This is undelegated authority. And so we're seeing a mess of things. And I, I, I got up here a few weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago, and the Lord, just the Spirit of God just said to pray for all of you. I don't know if you remember that Sunday. To pray that you would have a spirit of wisdom. Yeah. Not yes. earthly wisdom, but wisdom from above. from above. And the Bible talks about that because we're having to navigate how we think, how we act, and how we respond, and what we say during all of these, this trying, trying time. And wisdom, biblical wisdom, is, is really a spirit of discernment. We have to, the Bible says, discern the times that we're in. And really what this series is about is the end times that we are currently in. And so the truth is staring us in, in, in the face. And I do believe that's what we are seeing and I will say this, uh, I have said this before, there are great men of God who have said this, I believe, you know, there's a, there's a woke movement, but I believe there's a greater movement, it's called the awakening movement. The church is waking up, and um, you know, you, you've gotta discern past what you're seeing broadcast to you on certain networks, and you gotta see what's happening. Um, there's evidence of fraudulent election. We're praying that stuff gets to the forefront. But, but God, God's a God who loves this country. He loves his bride. Yes. And I believe there's a massive reset coming. Yeah. I, I really, really, yeah. really, really do. And so um, the end times, the Bible says what we do in the end times is we start looking up. Okay. Not just to get out of here. We look up. He's our hope. He's our strength. He's our deliverer. Yes. And so um, yeah. it's discouraging around you. But as a believer, you can be encouraged. You don't have to allow that spirit of fear to dominate you. That's good. I like what you said about uh, we all have our opinions, because we do. Mm -hmm. It could be conditional. It could be how we grew up, whatever. Um, but the only opinion that matters is the opinion of the Word of God, Absolutely. and that's what's truth, and that's where we have to discern the truth, like you said, mm -hmm. from that. All right, on the final question, are you ready for the final big question? I am. How do you think we should respond as believers and as a local church to what is being imposed upon us and our beliefs and our freedoms. Yeah, uh, you know, you said something earlier that we're grateful for the men and women who have served, yes, given their life, especially those who um, served in Afghanistan um, as of recent. And um, everything that 
those awesome men and women fought for. And I know that this church believes in is uh, freedom is actually never free. It's costly. It's costly to get. It's costly to defend. And it becomes very costly if we forget what freedom means and what freedom is like and, and where freedom came from. But there's, there's a greater freedom than just freedom that happened because of a flag or soldiers. The Bible said that real freedom is knowing Christ. Yeah. And real freedom is standing in the truth of his principles. Right. And no matter what happens around you, um, the, the freedom that we have that Christ gave us is obviously ultimate, ultimate freedom. But the freedoms we've experienced in our country are a result of us building a country on the foundation of the truth of the word of God and the freedom that we find from scripture. Yeah. Um, I heard it say that Israel was the country that God made for himself, but America is the only country that made itself for God. And uh, Hebrew says that God's not a God that he forgets right. that. And so we need to now... And I want to encourage everyone, this is not the hour to be a wimpy, quiet believer. This is a time that you stand, you push back, you stand in your freedom, not just inside your head, but with your voice, with your mouth. I, I said a few weeks ago, some of y'all need to run for office. We need to speak up because the Bible said it's going to get darker and darker out there, but it says the darkness will not push back the light. The light is greater than yes. the darkness. And no matter if you find yourself in a fiery furnace, yeah, around hungry lions, he will deliver you from all of those. Yes. And I'm just telling you, what Amen. you and I need to do right now is speak up, don't back down, don't be quiet, right. stand up for truth. And that's, that's, that's how I say we respond. I think one of the, most, the things that you said a few minutes ago is very important. That spirit of fear that's trying to be heaped upon us mm -hmm. because of the different things that we're hearing through the media and um, even hearsay that you just hear. Um, but fear... Um, can only be cast out one way. Mm -hmm. And that's by the perfect love of God. Right. And when you understand the perfect love that God has for you, fear has no room. And I know we are human, and we're going to have moments where we're fearful or there are things that are going to come in and even make us question and even make us doubt different things. But if you truly trust God and his word and the perfect love that he has for you, his word has stood, is standing, and will always stand. Amen. Amen. So that, that I want to encourage you with. We want to encourage you with. If you don't know how much God loves you, that's where your fear will be cast out when you learn how truly your father loves you, how much he truly, truly loves you because you can withstand anything. And I've said it before. When you know someone loves you, you feel invincible. Well, you have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who loves you more than anyone could ever love you, and you should feel very invincible in that. And something I think we need to keep on our minds is, you know, when Jesus was tempted, his answer was always, but my God said, but my God said. And so when you're tempted by fear and you're tempted by the things, you just need to keep going back to, but, but my God said, said, my Father said, said my, my Lord said. Um, so those were good those were questions. You got yeah. some more for me next, next week. week I'll have I, a few more. I want to read you a passage of scripture. This is in the book of Second Peter. Chapter 3, and there, there are a few verses here I want to read. So it reads this way. Above all, you must understand that in the last days, mockers, a better word there would be deceivers, will multiply, and they will chase after their evil desires. And they will say this, so what about the promise of his coming? 
Our ancestors are now dead and buried, and yet everything is still the same as it was from the beginning. But they conveniently overlook that from the beginning, the heavens and the earth were created by God's what? God's word. He spoke, and the dry ground separated from the waters. Then long afterward, he destroyed the world with a tremendous flood by those very waters. And now, by the same powerful word, how many know the word of God, it endures, it's true, it's powerful, it's, it's everlasting. The heavens and the earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment when all the ungodly will perish. So, dear friends, don't let this one thing escape your notice. One single day counts like a thousand years to the Lord Yahweh. And a thousand years, they count as one day. This means that contrary to man's perspective, the Lord isn't late with his promises to come back and return as some measure lateness, but rather he's only delaying. Simply, this reveals his loving patience toward you because he does not want anyone to perish, but he wants everyone to come to repentance. Um, The Bible says, you know, well, we've heard this before. Yeah, Jesus is coming. But the only reason why Jesus hasn't come, he's not late. He's just delayed it so everyone can hear the message of his love that you talked about. And and let me intro, and I'm going to teach you here in, in just a moment. But three things I want you to remember about the end times. Number one, um, the end times are bigger than America. We get really tunnel visioned and we just look at what's happening in our, in, our, in our culture and we can lock into that, but the end times are bigger than that, that we have to keep our eye on the Middle East, we have to keep our eye on the nation of Israel, but it's bigger than just America. Y'all got that? So we got to remember that. Second thing you got to remember that the end times are God's times. Um, Thank you for your overwhelming response to that. But it's actually God's times. And it, when it looks crazy out there, when it looks intimidating out there, when you just, have you ever just shook your head lately and just, what in the world were they thinking? What in the world is going on? These are God's times. God's not confused. He's not late. He's just delaying so every man can come into relationship with him. And thirdly, uh, the end times, contrary to what a lot of people feel, are not a mystery. They are not a mystery. And so what I want to do for a few moments, thank you for your questions, and I'm going to take the next few moments and start talking about something that Jesus referenced uh, when he was talking in the book of Matthew. Uh, Thank you. In the book of Matthew. And so I want to title this morning, The Planet's Plight. Everybody say that. The Planet's Plight. You say, well, that sounds catchy, but the word plight really means this. It just means dangerous and difficult and unfortunate situations. And so there's a plight on the planet right now. There's some dangerous and difficult moments and seasons that we're going in, but it's not a mystery. And I want those of you who call LifePoint home, I want you to be fueled and founded in the fact that um, these are God's times. If you read the end of the book, The church wins. We are victorious. So you don't have to be in fear. But you do have to keep speaking and reminding yourself not to be in fear because there's a lot to get fearful about. Man, there's a lot to get angry about. And I'm going to be real honest with you. Uh, I, I will start watching real news, not fake news, and you begin to see what's going on. 
And I have to watch because how many know there, the Bible talks about a righteous anger? There's things that should anger us righteously. But we've got to be careful that righteous anger doesn't go on into something else. And I've crossed that line. I've crossed to the dark side a few times. I've got to come back and come back to the Word of God. I'm going to keep us on the Word of God. Y'all ready? Matthew chapter 24, the Bible says this. Jesus was leaving the temple courts, and his disciples came to him and pointed out the beautiful architecture of the temple. Jesus turned to them and said this. Take a good look at all of these things because I'm telling you, there will not be one stone left upon another. It will all be leveled. Verse 3. So later when they arrived at the Mount of Olives, his disciples came to him privately to where he was sitting. And they said, tell us, when will these things happen? And what sign should we expect to signal your coming and the completion of this age? So his disciples came to him privately and said, Jesus, we want you to tell us, and the word sign here means a detailed sign, tell us the detailed sign that will be a marker for the end of the world. That's the phrase we would use. But it's really not accurate because the world will actually never end. It means it will transition into a new age. So we could say it this way. How many would agree that we're, we're, we really are in the end times? The end times started in Acts chapter 2, and we are the last portion of the end times. But it will be a transition from one age to the other. So we've been in the age of grace, so we've been in the age of the, the church age. Anyone glad we've been in the age of grace? But the age of grace is about the shift when the church, uh, when Jesus uh, uh, raptures his church, we'll talk about that in a couple weeks, when he raptures his church, the age of grace will transition to, a, to, a, to an age of tribulation and an age of trial like the world has never seen before. But they were asking Jesus, tell us what that sign is. And you, you know what a sign is? A sign is something that shows you where you're at, where you're going, and how much further you have to go. Whether you uh, are old school and you still watch the interstate signs or you're new school and you watch the GPS uh, signs, uh, I love the GPS because at the top, it tells you what's coming up, where you're at, and how much further you want to go. I have this weird thing in me. Anytime I take a trip or a vacation, I just want to beat the system. Is anyone else out here like that? I mean, I'm watching the miles go down. And when I know that I'm starting to beat the time that it originally told me, it's like something miraculous happens and... And my family's like, can we stop? We, we have to go to the bathroom. We need food. I'm like, if we stop, the planets will come unaligned and something weird will happen because we're beating time. Well, anyone else like that or is it just me? Thank you. Well, I'm going to go on a road trip with you guys. We, but they said, show us the, the sign that marks the transition or the end uh, of, of an era or the transition of the age. And we are transitioning from one age to the next. And because we're in a transitional time, that means change is happening. And whenever there's change, there's, there's turbulence. There is, there is change, there is conflict, and there is difficulty. And that's what we're in right now. But I love Jesus because they asked Jesus for a sign. And over the next few verses, Jesus begins to reveal several signs to let us know where we're at in this sliver or this marker of time. And what I want to do this morning 
is I want to look at the first real quick five signs and I will pick it up there next week. So we're not going through all of them this morning, but we're going to unpack these. Are you ready? The end times are not a mystery. Verse four. So Jesus answered and he started to give signs. He said, at that time, deception will run rampant. Did y'all get that? Deception will run rampant. Be aware that you're not what? Fooled. Many will appear on the scene and claim to have authority uh, and say this about themselves. They're anointed and they're going to lead many astray. The first sign that Jesus reveals to us is there's going to be, now these things have always been here, but this means this is, these signs are going to run rampant and the first one is deception. The first sign that we're at the end and transitioning of this age to another and that things are about to rapidly change and the difficult signs that are happening, the first one is there will be deception. Deception, the scripture says, will run rampant. Now when we see that word deception, it really means two different things here. The first thing it means is there's going to be a, a I word it down this way, uh, morals will falter throughout the world. There's going to be a, a, a falling away of old school biblical morals worldwide. And here's what that really means. If, if you uh, study that out, which I did that for you, uh, we're going to see that there really will be what we'll call demonic influence in places like science, education, media, and an overwhelming for, uh, portion. Now, I want you to hear what I'm about to say, because these signs... I didn't give you these signs because I've watched something. I give you these signs because this is what the Word of God says, but you're going to be amazed about what, you, what is going on right now. When I said to you that the first part of the word deception here means that it's going to be morals falter, faltering, here's what it means, that society will begin to cancel the law of God. What have you heard over and over? We live in a cancel culture right now. This is a sign that we are transitioning to a different age. We're going from the age of grace, and we're about to see the rapture of the church, and eventually the, the second coming of Jesus, and he's gonna establish a brand new throne on this earth, and that's exciting. Shouldn't be fearful, but what we're watching is, is the world trying to cancel the word of God, trying to cancel moral, trying to cancel truth right before our, our eyes, and it means that the world has gotten so far off track they don't even know how to get back on track. Hello, have you noticed that happening lately? Let me put it in my words. Ugh. I just shake my head. They have lost their flipping minds. It's a sign. It, it's a sign. Uh, Paul said this in Second Thessalonians. Let no one deceive you by any means. For the day will not come unless there's a great falling away first. So I want to challenge you. Look at someone next to you and say, don't be deceived. I want to encourage you. Hold on to the truth of the word of God. Hold on to the truths that are in the word. They still work. Those who know the truth, they shall be what? Set free. They shall be set free. The second part of this word deception means not only faltering morals and culture, but check this out. There's going to be defections within the church. There's going to be great defection within the church. First Timothy. Now the Spirit expressively says in later times, there are going to be some that depart from the faith and they're going to give heed to deceiving spirits and even doctrines of demons. So what this means is there's going to come confusion, even delusion 
within the church, and some are going to begin to depart the faith for other agendas. Why would they do that? Because they have listened to lying spirits, the Bible says. You're deceived because you're listening to lying spirits. And we know that the Bible says the enemy, the devil, is what? He's the great deceiver. He's an angel of light. He masquerades himself as an angel, but he's really the great deceiver. And, but we're going to watch not only morals falter in the world, but within the church. And I want, I want you to hear me because you are the church. It's not something that happens immediately. It's actually something that is a slow, methodical drifting. That those in the church begin to buy into other doctrines. Now, I want you all to hear me because sometimes they're obvious, but sometimes they're very, very hard to discern. I believe one of the biggest problems that we're seeing happening, and I've been disappointed in some churches, is we become more interested in social programs then we have the power of the gospel. Here's what I mean by that. The church and the truth of scripture will affect and change society. But we've become really too involved in just social issues. And what happens is we become programmatic and we've lost the power. Now hear me, I'm not saying we have to be out of touch with reaching but we've just become so involved in social issues, so to speak, we've forgotten the power of the Holy Spirit. We've gotten the power of the Word of God. And this is one thing that will methodically happen for those to de- defect from the truth and fall off into other things. That's just one example. So the first sign that Jesus spoke of of what you'll see at the end of times is you're going to see rampant, widespread deception. My challenge for you is don't be deceived. My challenge for you is don't modify your faith. Look at someone and say, that's good right there. Don't modify your faith. Hold on to the truth of the scripture. Now, I, I, I want to make sure I clarify what I said because the power of the gospel will always change society. I'm just saying we become more into programs than we have the truth. Do you all understand what I, what, what I meant by that? Shake your head if you did. Okay, got, gotcha. Okay, let, let's read on to what, what Jesus said. Verse 6. And you will hear, everyone say hear. That's um, where we get our word acoustic from. You will hear of wars and revolutions on every side with more rumors of wars to come. But I love this next part of the scripture. But don't panic. And don't give in to your fears. For the breaking apart of the world system is destined to happen. But it won't yet be the end. It will still be the unfolding. The second sign that Jesus talked about to his disciples. Remember, they asked for one. He starts listing more than just one. One was deception. Two is dread. Dread. Dread is another word for what? Fear. It's another word for panic. It's another word for just being um, anxious. And it says this, you're going to hear rumors and rumors of wars and more wars. But here's what that really means. It's the word acoustic. You all have got to get this. Um, It it means this, our ears will be buzzing with nonstop flowing information. 
Hello. Our ears will be buzzing with a nonstop flow of information from all over the world, and it will be overwhelming. The book of Luke says this, but when you hear of wars and commotions, don't be terrified. These things have to come to pass, but the end will not be immediate. What this scripture is telling us is it's talking about the moment and the hour and the season that we're in right now. And the Bible is very clear. It says we don't know the hour or the moment that Jesus will be fulfilling these things, but we know the season. How many can tell by what I've said already? We're in that season. We're in that passage of time. We're in that, that, that slither of time. And one thing that we're seeing, and, and I remember, I don't know how long ago it was, that I just, many times I said, there is a spirit of fear on the world. There's a spirit of fear. It's, it, it, and there are moments, we've all felt it. There are moments, I'm sure you've had a moment of fear that you've got, that you've got to all of a sudden stir up your faith. You've got to all of a sudden realize what Pastor Diane says, but it's the love of God that chases away that fear. It's the love of God that ejects that fear, knowing that God loves you, cares for you, will protect you, will take care of you, loves his bride, the church. If he gave his life for it, he's going to continue to give his time and his attention and his affection for the church. Now, now listen to what this means. You're going to be overwhelmed. Now, here's what's amazing. That this book was written hundreds and hundreds of years ago, but it's accurate for the moment that we're in. Because you're going to hear, your ears are going to buzz with, with information, and this is, we can translate, about terrorism, anarchy in the streets, political pressures, military uprisings, and social upheaval. Hello. How many of you have a device that can access the internet? Just checking. How many of you have ever heard of a thing called Facebook? Um, how many of you have ever um, how many have owned a TV with a remote control that can access more than one station in any setting? How many have a TV that live streams for you? Uh, what I'm saying is if you own any of those things and you don't live in a cave somewhere, this is applicable to you right now. How many have ever felt overwhelmed lately with just the buzz of information? It's a sign. This is what Jesus was talking about. It's, aren't you so glad Jesus, he, he, he predicted this. But he said, don't you panic. So all, everything that's buzzing right now, don't look at someone next to you and say, he's talking to you. Look at him, look at him deep in the eyes and say, don't freak out. All right. Look at the first part of verse 7. This is the next sign. Nations are going to go to war against nations, and kingdoms are going to be up against kingdoms. The third sign Jesus talked about is division. There's worldwide rampant deception. There is a worldwide pressure and, 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 and spirit of dread or fear. And number three, there is a spirit of, of division. These three things are siblings. These spirits work together. But the Bible says this, that nation is going to go to war against nation. And kingdom is going to rise up against kingdom. And we read that, but let's pick those words apart. The word nations... Are you all ready for this? This, this, how many know the word is true? 
I just want you guys to get how relevant this is. The word nation here is really a different word than just uh, the word for like a country. It's a word for um, ethnicity. And what it is saying is there are going to be ethnicities and races and religions that are going to be against each other. What have we heard over and over? What has been stirred up over and over and over? The race issue. And I said this to you from the very beginning, and I will say it again very boldly, that the race issue is only cured spiritually. It's a devil issue. It's a devil issue in the church. Come on, in this house, we don't have racial issues. We're not black, we're not white, we're believers. But it will not be cured politically because it's being stirred up. It can't be cured politically or with programs. It has to be cured with spiritual, uh, with, with, with spiritual principles, spiritual people. We're the ones who cure that. We need to love on people who are different than us. Forgive people who are different than us. Come on. But the, the, it says one of the signs you're going to see is these uprisings between um, ethnicities and races and religious beliefs. Those are going to, now they've been here, but these are going to escalate. Then we see the word kingdoms are going to rise against kingdoms. The word kingdom here means political groups or ideologies. Hello, somebody. What it really means is there are certain political groups, certain ideologies that are going to try to dominate, subjugate others force and crush others with their beliefs. Y'all living in the same world I'm living in? This is what we're seeing. Races rising up, political parties rising up, trying to subjugate their own belief system or their own ideologies. What we're seeing right now is the weaponizing of media to subjugate religious groups, to subjugate, we're being censored. This is what this verse means. These things are going to rise up against each other. So what do we have to do? We have to guard our hearts. We have to guard our hearts. We have to watch what we're watching. We have to pay attention to what we're listening to. I'm telling you, if you're overdosing on CNN, constant negative news, you're going to be filled with a negative spirit. When you got you to turn into some other things. You got to tune into the word of God because it'll set you free. You got to hear some truth. Someone say Amen. Philippians chapter 4 verse 7 says that we need to go to God and then the peace of God that surpasses everybody else's understanding will guard your hearts, will guard your minds in Jesus. What am, why would I read that scripture? Because you can live in this hour, in this moment that we're in and have your mind guarded and your heart guarded from fear, from deception, and from division. Let's read in this good stuff. Look at the rest of verse number 7. And there will be terrible earthquakes, horrible epidemics, and famines in place after place. The fourth sign that Jesus gave us was a, was a sign of distress. Deception will run rampant, dread or fear, a spirit of division, and then just distress. You know, from the very beginning, from the beginning when Adam and Eve sinned, the earth has been groaning because of the failure in the garden, and it has been moaning. And there have always been natural disasters, but the Bible says there will be an escalation, particularly of seismic activity. Um, this would include natural disasters. Now, some political groups are blaming it on global warming. That's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Because the Bible says this in the book of Genesis, 
that the earth will remain. God's holding the earth together. He's not in heaven like, what am I going to do about global warming? He's, he's not freaking out about it. Global warming's not causing this. That, that's a political ploy. But the earth is moaning because of the sin principle that happened all the way back in the garden. This would include natural disasters. This would include things like that. Uh, Jesus said in the book of Luke, there are going to be great earthquakes in different places. There are going to be famines, pestilences, and there are going to be fearful sights in the heavens. There are going to be great signs from heaven. In other words, remembering the earth was, it was transitioning from its creation, from the effect of sin, and it's transitioning now to the transition of this error that we're in. It's in transition. It's in difficult times. It's in changing mode. It's in challenge mode. And so this is why you're seeing the earth rumble and groanings on the earth and natural disasters that are occurring. That's why you're seeing an increase in this. Jesus predicted it. The last sign that I want to give you today is the fifth one, and it's the sign of devastation. The sign of devastation. The Bible says not only will there be earthquakes, but there are also going to be epidemics and famines. The word famines means there will be multiple famines. Uh, they say there is something like 8 billion people on this planet right now, and a billion of them don't have enough to eat. That, that's a sign that we're in the end of an age. They don't have enough food. Um, there will be a, a, a famine of grain. Now, grain represents um, the economic system of culture. So it says there will be an instability. There will be a famine of resources, a famine of oil, a famine of, of these type of, of things. But, but Jesus said in the book of Mark, in those days there's going to be tribulation or trouble such has not been seen since the beginning of creation, which God created until this time, nor shall ever be. Now, Jesus said there are going to be distressing times, and the earth is going to have devastation on it. And he went on, and he actually said, he said this, that there will be pestilences, and there will be epidemics. It actually means there will be multiple epidemics. There will be new emerging diseases. There will be diseases that re-emerge or are re-engineered that will be hard to cure. And it, once again, I've said this, but it's been amazing to me to know that Jesus was asked by his disciples, give us one clear, detailed sign as a marker to where we're at. And Jesus just begins to unveil several of these signs. And I'm going to stop at that one today for time and pick up there next week. And, and because those signs sort of change direction, the next few signs really has to do with what the church will experience. And so don't miss that next week. But I want you to know that because of the dread and epidemic and disease, I, I, I want you all to remember this. That although there's plight, although there's fear, although there is pandemic and epidemics and disease, and although there can be economic devastation, those things are bound to happen in a fallen world. Those things are destined to happen 
in a world system that's built off of man and flesh. But I just want to remind you that we serve a God and when you study the names of God, we've taught a lot of them, that he is still your Jehovah Jireh. He is still your provider. He's still your Jehovah Rapha. He's still your healer. For everything that the world can erect that is a challenge, Christ conquered. Are you with me? He conquered poverty. He conquered sickness. He conquered all of those things. And the same spirit that raised death out of the grave, the corpse of Jesus raised in the life, is the same power that resides in you and me. It's the same word of God. Jesus is the word of God. It's the same word of God that works in your life. Here's what I'm saying. There can be disease. There can be devastation. There can be destruction. Don't you get in fear. Don't you get in dread. Don't you get under that spirit. Why? Because he's still your healer. I, I, I would encourage you to know Psalm 91. Psalm 91 was written as a promise. It was a generation that was watching a whole generation die off in the wilderness because they wouldn't go into the promised land. God wrote Psalm 91 to the next generation. And Psalm 91 is all about the healing, protective power of God. And God sent them a promise that even in the middle of these rough times, trying times, tribulating times, what can the church do? Thrive. That's what they can do. What could your money do? Expand. What could your health do? You can survive and thrive. Why? He's the healer. He's the provider. Read Psalm 91. It's a promise written to you. So what I'm saying is you might need to turn off the news. You might need to log off the internet. You might need to take your eyes and what your ears are hearing buzzing, and you might need to turn them to what Jesus said. That's why all throughout the scripture it says, remember, 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 because we have a tendency to what? Forget. We have a tendency to be what? Pushed down. We have a tendency to be overwhelmed by these things. Verse 8 says this. Those first five signs I just read to you. Verse 8 says, now this is how the first contractions and birth pains of the new age will begin. Those five things were the first signs. So it compares the transition of age to a birthing process. Now, I've personally never given birth to a living, breathing human being myself, but I've been there twice. And my wife, if you know her, is one of the sweetest, most kindest, loving people. But something happened When she first found out she was pregnant, she was glowing. It was awesome. Woo, it was everybody's congratulating. And then she got less nice. Apparently, everything I did was wrong. And then right toward the end, before our, both of our daughters came at different times, um, it went from, this is awesome, to what'd you do to me, to... Oh my gosh, there's all these changes in her body and all of these things that were happening. And then it just, the word she kept talking about was pressure, 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 pain, pressure, until all of a sudden um, 
we found ourselves in a delivery room and now she was, I remember when our first daughter was married, it, when it got time, I, I, I spun my hat around. I'm like, I'm gonna coach you through this. Because I was a pastor and a coach at that time and I was right beside the bed. And apparently I kept banging the bed. She turned around to me and she's like, would you quit hitting the bed? I'm like, do this on your own then. You want to have this child, it's yours. But all of a sudden, I'm, I, there was all of this pain. There was all this pressure. But how many know that's what happens before a brand new thing comes about? And the Bible says all of this is like those labor pains. And the reason why, what, right before that baby comes through that birth canal and is born, and they give you that little baby, and you're like, well, I didn't know that's what it's going to look like. Yeah, she's beautiful. Yeah, well, they give you that. But right before that is all of this pressure, is all of this pain, is all of this transition. And all of a sudden, all of this stuff happens, all of this pressure, because something is about to change and be birthed. We're in that segment of time. We're in that season for something brand new for God to change and be birthed. Can we stand to our feet this morning? How many got something good out of that? So, what in the world is going on? Well, hopefully you can tell by my message, it's going on. It is going on. And I want to encourage you, be here next week. I told you I'd answer some questions. Um, there's a lot of questions about if you got the vaccine, did you get the mark of the beast? I'll answer that for you next week. I'll answer that. I, I, I want to begin to let you know what the church's challenge is. But I want you to know this this morning. Um, we can be in this setting. We can hear this message. And we could be... One thing that happens when you're giving correct information, I mean, your heart is settled a little more. And you can be comforted. But you're going to walk back out there tomorrow and you're going to be bombarded with issues and challenges and mandates and conversations and things like that. I want you to remember what we said this morning, that these times are God's times. The end times are God's times. And I've said this over and over, but it says this, when you see all of this stuff, don't keep your head down here. Don't keep your head locked in on the internet. Don't keep your head locked into discouragement. Keep your eyes up and keep your eyes focused. Keep your eyes off of the whatever this direction or this political party or that or, or conspiracy. Keep your eyes off of that. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Because I'll guarantee you, if you can do that, something inside of your heart is gonna it's gonna confirm. It's gonna confirm. Come on, it's gonna confirm that that aren't you glad you're a believer? Aren't you glad that you know what the end of the book says? Aren't you glad that you're not moved by all this stuff? It's, it's discouraging. It, it's challenging. Aren't you glad there's something on the inside? It's called the peace of God. The reason why you have the peace of God is because you're in peace with God. And if you have the peace of God, the Bible says it'll settle your heart. It'll settle your mind. It will settle you through all this stuff. And all of a sudden, I mean, I have my angry moments, but I gotta, I, when I turn off the TV, I always come back to this place. You know what? Thank God for God. Thank God his hand is still on America. His hand is still on you. It's still on his church. Don't you get into fear. Now I'll give you my personal opinion about something. I think there's a season coming though when some of the things that we've seen come against the church. I think what they've done is poke the sleeping giant. I think they've poked, they poked, and they're challenging. That's why I said, don't you back down. They poke. Um, the only thing 
keeping the wrath of God off of the planet right now is the bride of Christ, is the church, and it's the vehicle, listen to me, it is the vehicle for God's goodness. It supersedes any militant plan, no matter who's in the White House, it supersedes all of that. 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 I'll say it this way, and then we'll, we, we'll, I'll say it this way, and then we'll go to this song I want you to sing. I told Pastor Mitch, we gotta sing this song at the end. Because all of this stuff is out of your hands, it's beyond you, it's above you, but aren't you glad that we have a champion? We have a champion. We have a champion. His name is Jesus. 